everybody and welcome to another episode of Igniting the Spark Talk Film Society's Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Callie Smith, local uh, Star Wars nerd around these parts. And today uh, we'll be talking about another episode of The Mandalorian, um, episode five, which is called The Gunslinger. And I will be discussing that with my special guest, Eli Smith. Hey, Eli. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Welcome back to the pod. Last time you were on, you discussed A New Hope with me, right? Is that what I remember correctly? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. And it's been too long since I've talked about Star Wars. So I'm excited. <laughs> I was excited to have a chance to watch this episode again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of odd to suddenly think about, as soon as you said that, that there really hasn't been tons of Star Wars content in the last um, couple months ever since, I guess, Mando season two ended. So I miss, I miss my Star Wars. <laughs> I miss my good I Star too. Wars. <laughs> I guess there's Bad Batch right now, right? There is Bad Batch. Are you watching Bad Batch? I am not caught up on my Clone Wars yet because I am a bad Star Wars fan. <laughs> um, but I want to catch up on that before I do that. I'm also a bad fan because I just watched some of Clone Wars, the ones that I wanted to watch. And <laughs> now I'm watching Bad Batch. You are but... like the second or third person so far this season to say that on mic. So you are not alone. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of filler content in Clone Wars and it can make it kind of uh, yes. tricky to get through. So um, I understand completely. Yeah. But uh, what I've been asking everybody to kick off our episodes is, uh, hey, out of all those projects that they got announced a couple uh, months ago for Star Wars that are coming up in the future, what what are you most excited about? I think the one I'm most excited about is that show, uh, The Acolyte. Is that how you say yes. that? Yeah. All I really know about that is that it has it's a cool word that I've never heard before. <laughs> and so that tells me that it's going to be something that I um, am unfamiliar with, which is good. Um, and it it's it's like... All, all I really know is like it takes place in the past and is about like the dark side, right? Am I right about that? That seems to be what I remember Something them saying. Something like that. I think it's dark side-ish, but it's, I think the era that it's supposed to be is the like, what's it called? High Republic? I don't know. It's that earlier era of, yeah. of Star Wars that goes back way before like, you know, the Skywalkers were a twinkle in the Force's eye, if you will. <laughs> you know, like yes. way before all that. Um and I'm I'm excited about that too. I think we've talked about it with some other guests along the way, but the showrunner is that uh, lovely woman behind the Russian Doll show on um, Netflix oh, yeah. with Natasha Lyonne in it. So that's exciting. Uh, it's always exciting to see what somebody with that kind of I don't know background in history is going to do with something like Star Wars. Yeah, I'm just excited to see them like explore a, a time period that they've never explored on like in a show or movie yet uh i think it sounds like a lot of fun yeah no it's a pretty exciting sounding show um i'm looking forward to it although i mean you know it is really interesting to me actually how many people have mentioned that as something they're really excited about versus all the things with like recognizable characters and iconography you know i think we're all really excited to see star wars go somewhere like completely new rather than bringing folks back into it from other stuff yes and i like that stuff too but we've had a bunch of that and so i yeah. want something different even even mandalorian on um 
depending who you are and how you look at it, has been bringing more and more folks in um, from the OG trilogy, which I think for the most part they do well. (laughs) But I also understand everybody who complains and says, I just want it to be the thing it is. (laughs) Like, you know, I get it. I I get it and I don't also because I just, (laughs) I don't know. I I like all of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Understandable, right? I mean... We all, you know, whether or not we want them involved, we all do love our Skywalkers, you know, and it is always exciting to see, you know, one of them pop up somewhere. Yeah. But I also get being like, you know, one of the things I think I've said on mic to somebody else is that like Mandalorian is like the first show that's like made me have more of an appreciation for like the non force user side of the Star Wars universe. I was always as a Mm -hmm. kid just like. I want the people, the lightsabers, <laughs> you know, like, so there are moments where, yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer that it's like, oh man, I can't believe I'm bummed to see a lightsaber, but I'm a little bummed to see this lightsaber right now, you know, like, um, right. it's a good show. Um, and hey, on that note, I guess let's just dive into this. Cool. Yay. Um, because yeah, today we're talking about the gunslinger, which is the fifth episode. Written and directed by uh, Dave Filoni, who is, you know, as I'm sure you probably know, Eli, like the showrunner and all that on Clone Wars and all those animated ones. Yes. Um, And now, Mm -hmm. recently, semi-recently, a week or two ago or whatever, promoted within, like, Lucasfilm. Wait, I don't think I had heard that. What's his promotion? He's, like, one of the head, like, story people now for the whole universe, like, the whole company, basically. Gotcha. So it's, like kind of it seems to me that the direction i've heard there are plenty of rumors of course just coming out of lucasfilm world but one of the things i've heard is that really him and john favreau because of the success of mandalorian are going to really spearhead like you know most of those future projects at this point or at least be involved in every single one of them so that there's like oh something uh, this crazy little concept called consistency (laughs) that we didn't Mm -hmm. have in the uh, (laughs) sequel trilogy and that's exciting but also i don't know Eh. i don't know the reason i like sound hesitant right is i don't like any one person having too much like or even just two people having too much control over star wars we saw what happened whenever lucas had too much creative control you know i don't know then again we've seen what happens whenever somebody doesn't have any creative control like over star wars 2 so i don't know right i totally understand that hesitancy and i I don't know i feel like i hear a lot of people being like oh dave filoni just needs to be in charge of star wars and i i'm not on the same page as those people but i do kind of think he should be involved with everything because like He's he's really into the the lore stuff and the world building, and I think he does that really well. Um, but I totally agree. I don't want like one person to be in charge of all of Star Wars. I I really like the animated shows for the most part. I love Rebels. Rebels is like one of my favorite Star Wars things. And then I like what I watched of Clone Wars, but uh, <laughs> mostly enjoying Bad Batch so far. But like, yeah, I I think I don't know. I like Dave Filoni, and I think it's interesting because you can see. You can see the Dave Filoni-ness of this episode um, in a way that's hard to articulate, but like just rewatching it, I was like, oh yeah, this is very Dave Filoni. Yeah. It's kind of got that, I mean, 
I was about to say kind of a like standalone adventure vibe, which isn't necessarily true because it is setting up our our new character of Fennec Shand for, you know, future appearances and all that. Mm-hmm. But it does have that that vibe, though, of like, I like these early episodes where we get kind of sprinklings of references and like same planets that we've been to before without it being like, you know, here's this, here's this character you recognize, you know, like I do love him landing in Mos Eisley, you know, right. I don't know in a way it kind of like almost the, like shots where they're on a spear bike going across the Tatooine desert. I was like, ah, this feels like home, <laughs> you know, like this feels like, yeah, but not in a way where they're like really pandering to me i guess right to make it feel like oh i'm coming home in the star wars universe right i i was scrolling through the imdb trivia just to see if there was anything note interesting about this episode that i hadn't noticed before and like half the things were all like this thing from this episode is the same thing that's in a new hope and it's just like pointing out all the things that are in star wars that you may not even notice but you've seen them before yeah and like i think I think that's fun because they weren't all like most of them were things that I hadn't noticed, but like it, so it wasn't like super in mm-hmm. your face. Like you're, like you're saying about like, remember all this stuff that you used to love? Like it's, it's kind of subtle. And <laughs> I like that this episode, it's the fifth episode. Like, cause this is the first time I think that we've gone to a planet that we've been before, been to before. So I like that that happens like mm-hmm. five episodes in, but then they're like, okay, now we're back on tattooing. Like, let's just like make this feel like old star Wars. And I think it, uh, accomplishes that very well yeah it's very much i like i really love the title being uh gunslinger because this one does feel very even though the setting is not quite the same obviously but it does feel very westerny you know you have this like standoff and shootout and i mean it also kicks off with the spaceship fight which like amy sedaris's character later calls a shootout too you know like it's just this very like it's a nice little it's a nice little episode um and uh yeah it's i'm trying to figure out what to say about it next oh i do want to mention of course i briefly mentioned her but uh amy sedaris is like first appearance in this episode She's great. <laughs> like, I really love her yes. character. I love her so much. She feels very original trilogy to me. Yes, yes, definitely. She feels like a character that, I don't know, you see her and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this character was born and raised on Tatooine, super used to everything here, you know, like, mm-hmm. very uh, yeah, world-wearied in a way <laughs> by this kind of rough-and-tumble planet. And even just the way she talks... Like she just for some reason she reminds me of Luke in A New Hope, even though she is like not a young teenage boy. Like just just the way she delivers lines, I don't know. It fits so well, and it just feels like old Star Wars. I think she's uh, very good and very funny, and I like her uh, cool curly hair and her cool jumpsuit. I think she's a cool character, <laughs> and I want more she's of her great. in season three or Book of Boba Fett or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, she's like one of like the uh, friends of Mando that I want to keep like popping up. Um, and she's, yeah. I really liked you comparing her to like Luke. Cause yeah, that is exactly the kind of vibe she's giving off is this like Tatooine kind of like homey, you know, homey local mm-hmm. Tatooine in or however you want to like say that, you know, and she's fantastic. I love, you know, the balance of like motherliness to, 
the child, you know, versus her being like a Tatooine person who's like, ah, yes, I'm going to charge him for this, you know, like, <laughs> yes, um, she's just, I mean, she's a talented actress. We, we all know this, um, but oh, she, yeah. she does a really phenomenal job. And I also really, I noted here that like, I think it's really interesting how they decided to cast some of the like guests in this show because, you know, you get these like, comedians who are playing relatively serious like star wars characters you know um Mm -hmm. because in the very next episode i think is where we get like bill burr for the first time which is objectively hilarious because i know that he did some comedy bit where he talked about how much he didn't like star wars (laughs) 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 but i don't know i i remember watching this season for the first time and going wow it's really it's a really interesting creative choice and showrunner choice to say, I want to hire these, again, like basically comedy actors to mm-hmm. be in this very serious version of Star Wars. Like, yeah, we have our comedy moments like any Star Wars things thing, but Mandalorian is a very, um, I don't want to use the word dark because I don't think it's dark necessarily. Yeah. Grittier, maybe, is the word I'm looking for. It's gritty. I mean, in a literal sense, there's like sand. There's a lot of sand. That's gritty. (laughs) It is Tatooine. And sand is gritty, and it does get everywhere. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, I don't know. I guess the thing is, like, right, the very first episode of this show, like, starts with, like, a really, like, pretty vicious bar fight for something that's on Disney plus and everything. So mm-hmm. I kind of think of the tone that's set and then you immediately just start seeing like comedians and like wrestlers as all of the guest stars. And I'm just <laughs> like, that is really interesting. Um, the decisions we're making here. It's fun because like, that's what star Wars has always been. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a mis- mishmash of like all these different things. And so I think if it was all just these like, quote unquote dark gritty <laughs> serious <laughs> drama actors like it wouldn't feel as Star Warsy. I think the the comedy people that they bring in really I don't know make it yeah. feel like Star Wars. No, that's a really that's a really good point. Because yeah, I mean throughout throughout the whole thing you have actors who are both good at the serious moments and good at the like being able to hit the comedy lines. Like, right. I don't know. Good old Ewan McGregor as as uh, Obi Wan always had the strength of being both wise Obi Wan and like you know, I don't know, saying hello there to General Grievous in a silly way. Yeah, <laughs> um, he really is so good at that. Yep, and I mean, so I mean the brief the brief sidebar just to mention that of course the Obi Wan show. So excited about it. Yep. So excited to see you and McGregor. When is back. that again? I can't remember when that's coming out. <laughs> Makes I don't know sound. <laughs> uh, I think the problem with that one Soon. is yeah they had to like go back to the drawing board on some stuff on that. So I don't know. I think that's still the next thing we're gonna get after Book of Boba Fett and okay. maybe Mando season three. I don't know. They haven't started filming that yet. So my hopes are not high that we will get Mando season three anytime in the near future. <laughs> right. What else should we talk about? Uh, Fennec Shand, we briefly mentioned her. I love um, Fennec. Um, I think she's, she's so cool. She's cool. And I was glad that she came back in the next season. Like, um, I just think it's fun that we 
I, I never, I, I had kind of forgotten about her. Um, <clears throat> but rewatching this again, this was the first time I've rewatched this since watching season two. And I was like, oh, like I, I forgot that this episode really does set up a lot. It felt like kind of a random, um, like you said earlier, just one off story. Um, the first time I watched it, but it, mm-hmm. it really does set up a lot. And then you have the infamous, like the big scene where we see the pair of boots at the end and everybody was talking about like, who did they think mm-hmm. that was? Um, that was a lot of fun. And I, it's yeah. just, it's cool. I, I, I think it's cool that Finnick becomes a cool character. Cause I think she's cool. And I mean, I remember watching the episode the first time and kind of going <laughs> whenever she gets, you know, shot and kind of, uh, set to the side, if you will, yeah. you know, at the end of the episode. I remember going, that's really odd because, you know, the actress is, she's Ming-Na Wen. She's like kind of a regular yeah. in the world of Disney, I guess. Both from, she did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was the voice of Mulan originally, I think. So I was very confused that she was casted and like didn't have action scenes really, you know, in this right. episode. Um but she's a character that's, it's, I don't know, it's been cool. I really love, obviously, we're, we're, we have been talking about with spoilers um, for pretty much this whole show. So I'm going to keep that going and say that I love in, in at the end of season two, whenever she and like Boba Fett are kind of like, you know, in that little end tag, like shown to be maybe like taken over kind of the crime scene on Tatooine, you know, like yeah. I love that like even more than i care about boba fett doing that i'm just like oh but i want to know what like fennec shand is like in that situation yes i forgot that like at the end of this episode you really are given the impression that she's dead like i oh yeah i i couldn't remember that like i remembered him betraying her and like shooting her but like she seems to be dead at the end of this episode yeah no they definitely and i mean yeah they have the scene with the boots and you go well something's happening here but like it looked pretty darn fatal you know it wasn't like she was twitching or anything (laughs) there was no motion or sign of life (laughs) right (laughs) but it's cool. I also, oh man, one of the other things I noted down, which I should definitely mention, is I also really love how this episode shows um, the like Tuscan Raiders as like yes, n- they're more like misunderstood natives to the area rather than these like barbarians that they were originally like shown to be. You know, right? Um, and if I remember correctly, I think more more happens with that in some of the late like upcoming episodes, but. I don't know. I just thought, I just think it's, I also think it's just really cool to have like the lead of your show doing some version of sign language, like within yes. the show, you know, for good old representation purposes and all that. Yeah. And I, I just, I love that scene with the, with the Tuscan Raiders. Cause it's like, it, it also makes Mando seem so smart because he, he knows, knows something that like the main characters of the original series didn't even realize. <laughs> like, and it, and it like it almost hints at like some sort of progress in this world like people in in within the world of star wars people are starting to realize that, yeah. that maybe tuscan raiders are uh more than they understood them to be so yeah that's fun it is it is fun and it's nice and i think there's also i don't know it's <laughs> I'm sure that um, from certain angles that I am probably not really super qualified to talk about as a white person, that it might not be super flattering for certain folks to be like, 
have their parallel in the Star Wars verse. I don't know. It does re-angle them, like, screaming and waving their arms as, like, it's not that. It's that they're communicating and we can't communicate back. Right. You know, like, it, it. it's, yeah, our main characters, I should say, can't communicate back. Yeah. But, yeah. yes, it sets din apart though that he's willing to put in the effort yes and yeah it gets hairy if you're like <laughs> say like oh the tuscan Ra- raiders represents this group like i don't think that that is necessarily <laughs> yeah, the yeah. read on it but no no the, i i like the way that they are <laughs> made to be <laughs> i keep wanting to say more human but they're not human they're literally not that so whatever the uh <laughs> whatever the <laughs> proper word is humanized though they are I humanized guess, right yeah, sure that, like, that works, I guess. <laughs> it, it, as a verb, <laughs> rather than like a noun. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's, and it's such a brief moment, but like you said, it communicates so much about the universe, the idea that maybe things are improving, you know, even if, if they're not improving on the galactic level, because obviously at this point in the universe, everything's in chaos. Yeah. Um, and we're still headed in the direction of the first order existing again. So it's not like we're gonna, (laughs) we're gonna make great progress in that front either. Right. But on a like smaller cultural level, Mm -hmm. like within a planet, maybe, you know, like things slightly improving. Um, I don't know. It's cool. It's, I don't know. I really like how different, Filoni always, obviously, in Clone Wars, there's a lot of, like, planet hopping in that show where they're just constantly interacting with new Star Wars races. Yeah. Um, and on that subject, like, uh, it made me think, like, I I think my one big complaint about this episode is we're introduced to, like, three, uh, three decent-sized new characters. One, I, th- I guess, that was not that uh, big a deal because he is killed by the end of the episode. But I feel like they're they're where they introduce three new human characters: Amy Sedaris's character, Finnick, and then the um, what's his name? The the main bounty hunter who uh, Mando is helping in this episode. One of them should have been an alien. Yes, <laughs> I th- I think the the um young bounty hunter boy should have been an yeah. alien. That would have been cool. Too too many humans in this one. I mean, I guess he's going for the Western thing, so they all feel like uh, yeah. Cowboy yeah, types. I'm with you. More aliens in Star Wars, please. Yeah, but one of them could have been an alien. Even the person also shooting him at the very beginning could have been an alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, actually, honestly, straight up, that is such a good little detail punch up on this episode. It's yes. like that other main character shouldn't have been whatever. I think he's like Bobby Cannavale's son. Maybe he shouldn't have been him. Maybe he should have just been like, I don't know, Greedo's race or something. You know, that would have been more Tatooine, yeah. I guess. Or give him some antennas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heck, yeah. Keep him keep him as Jake Cannavale, but give him antennas and claws. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah. You are so right, though, that there's not enough aliens. Even in the bar that they go to, which is, of course, the bar from episode four, there aren't that many aliens just chilling in the bar. I remember the first time in episode four that you go in there. That's kind of the first time you're hit. You're hit with, like, look how many races there are within this universe. Look how crazy this place is, you know? There is a frog person in that bar, which I thought was fun. We we do love the frog people. They're great. Big fan. <laughs> 
we love the frog people. We <laughs> we stand legends in these in this house, and the frog people are legends. Yep. Can't wait to get into Frog Lady later down the line with somebody. <laughs> oh, I love Frog Lady. I love it. A frog Lady, such a great character. Um, so well designed. I saw somebody obviously uh, being in the Star Wars costuming community. I see a lot of Star Wars costumes. Mm-hmm. I saw an absolutely incredible Frog Lady. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Had the mask just perfect and I was like this is this is this is art. That's amazing. <laughs> we 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 love it. But anyway, I do love that it also, you know, it's a little it's another little touch of something that, you know, it's like I recognize that, but at the very end, Amy Sedaris's character whose name is Pelly, I believe, mentions mm-hmm. like Beggar's Canyon, you know, mention yeah. some of those little geographic features we can recognize by name. It's very fun. I love the pit droids. Oh, I love the pit droids. Like, it's all good. Uh, there's, I, I think Mando <laughs> has done a good job of uh, sometimes incorporating stuff from the prequels, like in a very subtle way that like almost makes the the divide between mm-hmm. the feel of the prequels and the original trilogy. Like it kind of brings it together in some ways. I think the sequel trilogy has done some of that too, um, and just. Yeah. And randomly incorporating a few random things from the prequel trilogy but like uh yeah the seeing the pit droids and then also it feeling li- very much like um a new hope tatooine like i think that's fun and it just makes the whole world of star wars come together in a fun way and the pit droids fan i feel like they're like an underutilized like droid variant because i just think it's fun how they collapse and they're just yeah. a little ball like you know they're great who who wouldn't love these little guys except mando i always forget hit the nose i always forget coming back to mando season one that he hates droids. <laughs> That's like a canonical fact about him at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And especially with these little guys, I'm like, how can you hate them? How can you hate them? Like you said, you hit the nose, they collapse. It's great. <laughs> 10 out of 10 droid right there. <laughs> One of the best droids, I would say. Uh, but yeah. That and like the good old gonk droid. Mm-hmm. Just a big old cardboard box of a droid. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of waddles. What does the gonk droid do? I don't know. But he waddles. He waddles around, you know. Yeah. I remember, I think in some interview Oscar Isaac did very early on when he got the role, he was like, oh, I dressed up as a Star Wars character once. I was a gonk droid. I just <laughs> threw a cardboard box over myself for a party and called it a day. And That's I was awesome. like, of course you did, Oscar Isaac. That's excellent. Uh, anything else you want to hit on about this um, episode? Mandalorian I- in general? So... Well, I just want to say, like, it going into rewatching this episode, um, I think from my first watch through of season one, this was my least favorite episode. And so I was curious what I would think going back into it. Not that I disliked it because I really liked the show. And um, so I like all of them. But, like, um, I definitely liked it more this time around. I'm not really sure why. But um, I, I do think that. Dave Filoni really loves the like Star Wars is a Western thing. And so you can see that in this episode. I think that's one reason it feels like a Filoni episode. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if maybe it goes a little bit too heavy on that side of thing. Like literally calling the, the, t- the episode, the gunslinger, like <laughs> it's fun. I like it, but like it's, this is probably the most Western Star Wars has ever been. And then, you know, you have like the character of, um, like Cad Bane in the Clone Wars, who is literally just a cowboy man who has a cowboy hat. Um, so like Dave Filoni loves that stuff. So like, yeah, I, I think that 
I don't know. I think this episode is very fun. I think if the whole Mandalorian se- season was this westerny, it would be a bit much. But it's fun to have one that is truly just a cowboy episode. Um, yeah. So yeah, good episode, good show, good franchise, good stuff. And honestly, I felt the same way the first time I saw this season. That I was like, I don't really know why that wasn't my favorite. I also think that like um, that oh, character whose name I can't remember, played by Cannibali. It's not really that captivating of a character. Honestly, you kind of get to the end and he dies and I'm like, "Ah, it's all right. Like, that's fine. Totally agree. So I think that's part of why it's a little weak. I totally agree. And that's why I think you should just make him an alien and then it would be cooler. Yes. And you are right. (laughs) You are fully correct on that. (laughs) That if it was an alien, at least I'd have a little bit more like, I don't know, visual interest at the very least, right? Because you're at least going, hmm. Why does he have mandibles on his face? I want to know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Even then, like you said, I think that they do a good job of kind of changing up episode to episode, you know, because like our very next episode is the, the prisoner, which is the Bilber. Let's break that, that person out of the jail thing in space episode. Oh, that's such a fun episode. Yeah. And it's a very space forward episode rather than like, you know, sci-fi forward episode rather than Western. So yeah, I don't know. Good show. Good stuff. We love, we love watching good Star Wars here. Agreed. (laughs) Well, do you have anything that you would like to plug for all of our uh, friends listening right now? Um, so I don't know. You can, you, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to see my, uh, every single thought that pops into my brain you can also follow me on tiktok oh sorry i should probably say where um at elisha p smith or eli shap smith however you want to say it on twitter and then also you can you can follow me on tiktok i make a lot of uh dumb comedy videos on there it's at mr wallet and that's that's pretty much the stuff that you need to know good good i will say your every thought is still a a quality Twitter follow. So I highly recommend to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. As for me, uh, I mean, everybody probably knows at this point where you can find me. I'm at CallieSmith92, most places. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. uh, If you want to see all my thoughts on movies. Um, Not sure why you would, but you know. Um, also a good Twitter follow. Well, I appreciate it. It's mostly thirst tweeting about Annette currently at the time <laughs> that we are we are recording this episode. So not great, but hopefully by the time this comes out, I will have seen Annette <laughs> and cor- calmed down my horniness just a touch. Um, just a touch. But anyway, uh, just a skosh. I mean, you got to stay horny for Adam Driver on Main oh, yeah. at all times, just a little bit. You simply must. <laughs> Hey, even even my straight co-workers, co- male co-workers are like, mm, Adam Driver, though. So anyway. <laughs> He's such a cool guy. Oh, yeah. I want to be oh, his best yeah. friend. I either want to be his best friend or I want to never interact with him because I would be terrified. So, you know, <laughs> those the, the duality of man. What can I say? Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, and uh, everybody at home listening to this right now, uh, may the force be with you. Thank you.